0: Today I'll tell you my two Gators defensive breakout candidates, why Gators fans shouldn't panic about the tight end position right now, and where I view Zachary Carter as an NFL player only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. This episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash. Locked on. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole9Sports. For getting into the content, like, subscribe, whatever you're doing. Just leave a comment, leave a review. Let me know how I can make the show better for you personally. And getting right into today's content, though, we're talking about Florida Gators, defensive players that are poised to break out in 2022. I did the first part of this on Friday by looking at offensive players poised for breakouts. Those two players were wide receiver Jordan uh, Justin Shorter and running back Naquan Wright. And you can see why I thought those by checking out Friday's episode. But similar to the offense, I am not just taking a guy who you know, didn't play at all and is now getting playing time. Obviously with Naquan Wright, for example, he's getting more playing time with the first guy I'm talking about today. He's getting more playing time, but they were still rotational pieces and valuable pieces to the offense and defense respectively. So to be qualified for this, you got to pay roughly at least 25% of the defensive snaps that Florida played this year, so, yeah, that's where, that's where we're at. But uh, the first player that I am talking about is Princely Uman And he, he is the first guy to talk about, and obviously this one is a little bit more of a uh, a more playing time, more production kind of thing. But that, that's not solely what it is, because like I said, there are other requirements here. Uh, I think pass rushers in general are really going to feast in this Patrick Tony Sean Spencer defensive system that we're going to see in games for this past year. I've spoken to a couple Gators and I, I'm very, very excited for what we're going to see schematically here. Princely is someone who last year, he wasn't able to perform to his, uh, I guess optimal or ideal level because of Zachary Carter, who I, I love, but Princely and Zachary Carter are best be you are best used in similar roles. Zachary Carter moved all around the defensive line. He was playing end, he was playing tackle, he, he, he was moving around. And Princely is best used that same way at end, at tackle, and being moved around. And now that Zachary Carter is gone, we get to see Princely Uman be used in that role that he should be used in from the beginning, really, but of course you're not going to play him over Zachary Carter in this same role. So it makes sense why Prinsley didn't play more, but now he gets to be that guy that moves around the defensive line. So I think we'll see him line up around the defensive line and in the edge, whether it's a stand-up role or a hand in the dirt role. Again, this defense is likely going to have two stand-up edge rushers, often with two defensive linemen with their hands in the dirt. We know one of those, and most snaps, if healthy, is going to be Trevon Dexter, but we don't know who that other person will be at this point. It might be Princely for some of these snaps. And I, I think that when you look at just this scheme in general, uh, Prince Princely and Mialin really will play a big part in this defense in terms of Patrick Tony loving to run those creepers and that sim pressure. And creepers, again, is when you're showing four rushers. You send four rushers, but one of them is an off-ball rusher, and you have a defensive lineman drop back into coverage. We've been talking about that a lot as... Chief Borders dropping off the edge. Princely Omanmelein dropping off the edge. But Princely and Burton Cox Jr. dropping off the edge. But Princely is the type where you can put a defensive tackle into coverage by dropping Princely back. He, he's a quote-unquote defensive tackle uh, if he's lined up there for that time. So if, he, if you drop him back, then you get those two edge rushers still. You still get an interior rusher and you get that interior pass rusher or one of those interior linemen dropping back into coverage. And I think Princely is going to be big in this defense. I think he's going to be a focal point. Another focal point of the defense, I think, and the, uh, the other breakout player that I'm listing is Trey Dean, the third y'all know that I like him by now. I know that I'm higher on him than most of you are, but that's not even super relevant here because I, I don't care what your opinion is of him. I think it's very safe to say Trey Dean is an athlete, and he's a versatile football player who can contribute in multiple ways, whether it's co- whether it's man coverage, zone coverage, blitzing, uh, just playing run defense. I think we can all admit that he's someone who can contribute in multiple ways. You don't have to say he's great at any of them, but we know that he can do all those things. And when you look at this defense, versatility is the name of the game, and Trey Dean is that Swiss Army knife, I think. I think we're going to see a lot of Rashad Torrance playing that deep safety role. I think he's going to be that center fielder type when we're in cover three, cover one. I think he's going to be that guy that's deep down the field. So I think Trey Dean is kind of left not playing, obviously, that that center fielder role, as often as he did last year. He played, he lined up as that free safety. I believe I'm, I'm half his snaps last year, or roughly half his snaps last year. And we'll, we'll see him do that less this year. I think this year we see him lined up more as that box safety, which we saw him do last year. That was something he did frequently also. One thing that I think we'll see him do this year that he didn't do a ton of last year is line up as a slot corner. And I don't want to say nickel, because I don't I don't think he's gonna be coming in for that role. I think he's going to be lining up more against tight ends and big receivers. But I think we'll see him line up as that slot corner, especially if we go with dime defense or if we or if we still have just, you know, the five DBs, but one safety is showing deep in Rashad Torrance. I think we can see Trey Dean line up as that other box safety slot corner type where it's it's pretty much a gray area as to what role you want to assign him at that point. But I I think that Trey Dean being close to the line of scrimmage is going to be ideal for him to find success. What Again, whether you're blitzing him, whether he's in man, whether he's in the zone, whether he's a spy on that play, I don't care... I think trading Dean being close to the line of scrimmage is going to be best for him within those seven yards from the line of scrimmage is going to be best for trading to be a successful football player and find a ton of success in this defense, specifically to be a very productive defensive player. Clearly for both of these guys, the biggest difference isn't just the amount of playing time. Obviously, Prince, Liam, and Melian, part of it is getting more playing time. but And it's not even the improvements that they might make individually. We don't know how much better they are from last year, we don't know what they did this offseason to improve, but we know that they're probably going to be put in ideal positions to find success in this new defense. And that's the biggest thing I think we'll see is these players that, you know, I know a lot of listeners don't like trading; They didn't think he was that great. And I know a lot of Twitter uh, Twitter Gators fans also talk about trading Dean not being that great. But I think he's going to be exceptionally better this year. He's going to look exceptionally better. And people are going to say, wow, he got so much better. And it, I don't think he's going to get so much better. I think he's good as he is. I think he was just used in a role where it wasn't best for him and it wasn't best for his skill set. And I think that's what we'll see. So that's the big thing with this defense is I think we're going to see a lot of players where people are going to be like, wow, I was wrong about him. And it's, no, you're not. He was just used so horribly wrong last season that they're going to look exponentially better this year and we're going to talk about this tight end situation that a lot of people are worried about with all the injuries that are going on and the lack of depth here but first i'm going to talk to you guys about stat hero because it's march madness time it's elite eight time final four time and that's where we're at and my bracket got demolished the first weekend um it it was rough because i had baylor beating auburn in the championship and um that didn't Obviously, that didn't happen because Baylor got eliminated early. Auburn got eliminated kind of early, so it was uh, it, it is a rough March Madness for me. But luckily, Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickems pit star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling because Stat Hero. Gives you the advantage of you know, not not knowing who you're going against. It's not a mystery at this point. You get to know who you're going against. That's why Stat Hero gamers win four times more often than elsewhere. You can sign up for free right now at StatHero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That is StatHero.com slash locked on using promo code LOCKEDON, locked on, L O C K E D, no space O N, for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions may apply. Thanks again for making lock nugget your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We're going to take a look at this tight end situation now because Florida's dealing with it. It's a little bit of a rough situation. You know, they're in a little bit of a predicament. They've got right now two healthy scholarship tight ends available after recent injuries to Nick Elksness and Jonathan Odom. i uh, not sure exactly what the extent is of Nick Elksness's injury yet, Jonathan Odom, we do know, is having shoulder surgery this coming week, so he's going to be out, I mean, you could say at least a, m- a month or so. Uh, Gage Wilcox is also dealing with injuries. He's not practicing. Keon Zipperer is tight end one and still practicing. Dante Zanders, who is a defensive player, and Noah Keeter, who is a defensive player, both in that front seven. Zanders is an edge rusher. Keeter's more of an off ball. Uh, they're both moving from the defensive side of the ball to tight end don't know yet if that's going to be a permanent move or if that's just a, a an in practice move but I think it's going to be a permanent move because I think it'd be I think it'd be pretty messed up to take a defensive player not having practice with the defense having practice at tight end and then say yeah no you're not making this full time this is just a a this is just a temporary fix because then he's losing valuable defensive snaps and it's like well okay then you don't view him as a serious defensive player here. So I I think that these moves will be permanent. Uh, I've seen a lot of Gators fans, whether it's on, you know, Reddit, on three, Twitter, whatever it might be, say that they want the Gators to dive into the portal and add a transfer portal tight end because we've got all these injuries. There's not a ton of depth. There's whatever complaint there could be. And I understand that logic of saying, well, right now tight ends an issue, Let's make it an immediate fix by adding in a transfer portal guy because that's what the transfer portal is thought of. You don't think of the transfer portal as, oh, we're gonna we're gonna add this guy, he's gonna ride the bench for two years and then he's gonna play. It's not the same as when you bring in a freshman, which obviously ideally a freshman doesn't ride the bench for two years, but that's how it works a lot. So that's not what the transfer portal is thought of. The transfer portal is thought of as we add this guy and he's an immediate starter, or at the at the very worst he's an immediate contributor to this team if he's eligible to play immediately. And I think when you look at that at tight end, I think you're jumping the gun a little bit because yes, right now the tight ends for Florida dealing with injuries, it's bad. And I think the biggest issue with them right now is that they're not going to have a rhythm with the rest of the offense, uh, that they're not going to have a rhythm with the quarterbacks, that that is a concern. Yes. But I don't think you look at this tight end room and you go, we need to add someone because we're going to add someone in fact in just a couple of months we're going to add three people because we've got tony livingston is was an offensive tackle that is moving to tight end full-time you know we spoke about it a lot when it was like recruiting season on the show we talked about is he going to play interior offensive line is he going to play tackle is he going to play uh tight end What what is he going to do because we know that his weight's changed a lot we know that he took basketball more seriously which is why he lost some of that weight um but when he signed when it was national signing day time or early national signing day time he was announced by florida as a tight end so tony livingston is a tight end great athlete high ceiling i don't think he's gonna play early on just because I think it's hard to to move from tackle to tight end and just seamlessly do that. I think he might come in as that in-line guy because we know that Billy Napier likes to use two tight ends a lot, one of them being an in-line blocker, and Tony Livingston coming from tackle to tight end could kind of be that role for him. And then we also have Arliss Bordingham from California. Uh, he's coming in as a different kind of hybrid player. Tony Livingston is the hybrid player that's an offensive tackle to tight end. Arliss Bordingham is a hybrid player that is currently a wide receiver slash tight end. That, that's what he was looking at a lot. Um, I think that we see him play more tight end than anything else. Um, I, I think especially when you look at the current receiver room, it's like, well, we've got a lot of big guys that aren't that aren't necessarily freak athletes. And Arliss Bordingham is a freak athlete for a tight end. If he's a receiver, he's he's Jag. He's just another guy. And I, I think that when you play him at tight end, that's where you're going to get the most from him, especially when you look at Keon Zipper has only got so much eligibility left where someone's going to need to be that move tight end in this offense. And while it might not be Arliss Bordingham's year this year, we could see him take over that role very shortly after uh, Keon Zipper graduates and, and leaves Gainesville. And then you look at Hayden Hansen, and Hayden Hansen is your traditional inline tight end that I do think we'll see play this year. Uh, I think he's more likely to play than Tony Livingston, where Hayden Hansen can come in and be that, that inline tight end that comes in while Keon Zipper is the move tight end and 12 personnel or whoever's the move tight end, especially if Jonathan Odom's injury takes a while to recover, if he's struggling with that rehabilitation, whatever it might be. I think that... Hayden Hansen is the most likely bet to play instantly from these early tight ends. So yeah, right now there's two healthy tight ends. There are three tight ends on the shelf. There's three tight ends coming in from high school this summer. Do you really want to add another name to that mix? I I think you're getting really redundant when you continue adding tight ends to a group where it's already going to be a very young group. Nick Elksis is young. Hayden Hansen is young. Arliss Brodingham is young. Tony Livingston is young. Jonathan is pretty young. Keon Zipper has a year or two left. Like I, I think that when you keep adding these guys to the room, especially when you add in uh, Dante Sanders and you add in Noah Keeter, now you've got a log jam at tight end. And it's not tight end's not like defensive back. It's not like wide receiver. It's not like offensive tackle. Or it's not like offensive line. You can't get tight ends on the field as frequently as you can with defensive backs. You could put six, seven defensive backs on the field if you want. Not a great idea, but you could do that if that's something that you want to do. You can't put <laughs> you can't put six or seven tight ends. You could put at most, we'll probably see three, but most of the time we'll see one or two. And so I think creating a log jam at tight end is, is a bad idea. So I don't want to add a tight end from the portal. And also, the tight ends in the portal right now, not great, Bob. They're just just not ideal to add to your team. So I think, yes, it it sucks that right now we're looking at a tight end room that's going through injuries and that's going through depth issues. But I think long-term, I think if you bring in a transfer Tight end, you're creating a bigger issue than you're solving right now, long-term. Like, yes, you're solving a short-term issue, but long-term, you're creating a legitimate logjam. And these young guys that we brought in, Arliss Boardingham, Hayden Hansen, and Tony Livingston, who are all highly touted guys, they, well, two of the three were very highly touted guys, uh, you kind of give them, you incentivize transferring for them. And I don't think that's something that you want to do just because in spring ball, you had a couple injuries pop up. So I think I think that's not the great idea to add a tight end. I'm not going to panic with the transfer portal. That's that's not the way to go in Gainesville. And I don't think that's the way that Billy Napier would go to begin with. We're about to talk about someone who didn't get to play under Billy Napier or Patrick Tony, but he is going to play in the NFL very soon in Zachary Carter and his NFL value. But first, I'm going to talk to you guys about Built Bar because it's spring break time. It's getting nice out. It's getting hot out. People are people are getting their summer bodies ready. And if you are, and if that's your goal, then you should add Built Bar to your plan. I added Built Bar to my plan because I have a hardcore sweet tooth. It's already coated, though, in 100% chocolate, which helps me there. Most bars have 130 calories, just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein, which is fantastic for me. Throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's in the desk, in the desk drawer, the, the Twix in your fridge, wink, wink. Right now, whatever it might be, the Skittles, the M&Ms, whatever it is, just to get Built Bar. You don't got to sneak around. You don't got to feel bad. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order that is locked L O C K E B 15 to get 15% off of your next order with built or builtbar.com. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about Zachary Carter's NFL value. Yesterday I saw someone tweeted yesterday, obviously being Sunday, March 27th. I saw someone tweet at Zachary Carter to say the Packers are getting him at pick 140 and that they would be ecstatic to get him at pick 140. That'd be amazing. And I saw a response that I thought was very interesting and very funny, honestly, because it was from Zachary Carter. The person tagged Zachary Carter in the first tweet, and Zachary Carter responded, and uh, he said, I'll be gone before then. He's like, I'll be off the board before then, Um, which is great because that also raises the question that people think Zachary Carter is going to be there at pick 140. Um, Newsflash, he ain't going to be there at pick 140. But that did get me wondering, where will Zachary Carter go? Because he's someone that we talk about, and there's a million opinions on him. He's not not this polarizing prospect. I mean, Kyrie Elam is more polarizing than Zachary Carter. But the thing with Zachary Carter is that NFL teams are going to view him vastly different. Like even, Even in their own coaching staffs and their own scouting staffs, their own scouting department. They're going to view Zachary Carter as a completely different player just because he's someone who you can say he's an interior pass rusher or some people are going to say he's an edge rusher. He's an edge defender. Sorry, edge defender. Um, Some teams will view him and some scouts will look at Zachary Carter and say, I think he's a fine pass rusher. He's a pass rushing specialist from the interior in nickel packages because he can also help against the run. And other people will say he is a run-defending defensive end in a 4-3 front that can rush the passer. And there are people like the Colts have like that big end, and he could be that guy. He won't be. Just just know that. He won't be. But he, he fit that role. And there are other people who go, you know, I don't even care. He's a legitimate every-down player, whether he's on the end or whether he's interior. Whatever he is, he's an every-down player. Let's get him on the field. He's going to have so many varying opinions from him where you can ask five people what they think of him and where they view him and what his role is in the NFL, and you could very well get five different answers. He's someone who is so versatile where that that's fantastic for him you know universally though when you look at him from a talent perspective whatever role they view him as everyone agrees he's a top 100 talent he might not get drafted that high because some of the roles they view him as might be you know we're not going to take an interior pass rusher that high we're not going to take an edge run defender that high because he is a versatile player and it's interesting to talk about his value too because i said it earlier when talking about Trey dean I said versatility is the name of the game. And in college, that is way more true than it is in the NFL because offensively, we're seeing these NFL players be more versatile. We're seeing Debo Samuel is an elite receiver, and whenever he's in the backfield, he's an elite running back, and he's playing a lot more at the running back spot. And we we see things like that. But we still see people who, like Isaiah Simmons, for example, he he, he went, still went, what, eighth in the draft, I believe. But a lot of people, myself included, were like, you should take him top three. You get a, a defensive chess piece like that, I don't care what you do with him. You just figure out a way to get him on your field. And you look at Zachary Carter, and he is that guy. It's like, well, Isaiah Simmons was, is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? Is he a safety? Micah Parsons, is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? What is he? Zachary Carter. Is he an interior pass rusher, an interior defender? Is he an edge defender? What is he? And I think you're looking at someone who is so versatile that it's a negative in the eyes of the the boomer NFL where they go, he doesn't really have a position because he can play multiple spots. So he has multiple positions or no positions. That's how you can look at it. It's the same argument as if you have two QBs, you really have no QBs. So it's the same argument as he has multiple positions or he really has no positions. And if you don't have a clear-cut position, can I plug you into any position and feel comfortable knowing that you're in a spot you'll succeed? Because if you're viewed as an interior pass rusher in nickel packages, then you're a specialist there. You're not an every-down player, and they're not going to take you early. And so, so you get into that conversation of, is he so versatile that he doesn't have a position? Again, I'm the type where it's like, I don't care. If you could play multiple roles, I want you on my team because you could fill multiple spots if I ever need that. So I'm very there for positional versatility. But there's a lot of people that aren't, a lot of NFL teams that still have not caught on to the times yet. There are teams like the Packers and the Bucks that are most common fits. They're the most commonly spoke about fits for Zachary Carter because the Packers have a defensive line unit. The Bucks need to replace Kung Su for years. They, they have that role that needs to be filled for years. But he's one of those few players where he can go to a defense where that's primarily a four-man line, and you could play him on the interior or the exterior of that line. If it's a three-man front, you could play him as that three-to-five tech. He's got a role in every defense. He's a scheme fit for every team. He might not hit the measurements that every team wants. He might not hit those thresholds. But scheme fit, pure scheme fit, He is a scheme fit for every team. And I think once you hit that second round, like pick 33, once you hit there, we're looking at Zachary Carter as a possibility for every single pick, whether he goes in the second round or whether he somehow falls to the fifth round. We're looking at Zachary Carter's name every single pick because he is a scheme fit. He can fill multiple roles on a defense. He is a productive player. We know that he can get things done. So Zachary Carter is someone that we're going to look at from pick 33 on and I've seen some people say you know they want him to go at 27 that early it, it it's like I said it's going to be a vastly different opinion no matter who you ask from him but we're looking at a future NFL player and I think everyone agrees that he's going to be a successful NFL player Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all of my written work with whole Line sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I any sports and I'll see you all tomorrow.